For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. Please reconsider returning the policy back to allowing parents to decide what is in the best interest of their child's welfare. It's not too late to reverse your decision. I would like to thank you for making the decision you did and following the numbers. It's my frustration. My kids won't be wearing a mask. I don't really care what y'all think. So, and that's where I'm at. Today we hear from Ruth Servin Smith, editor of the Alabama Education Lab, a team of journalists at AL.com who are covering education in Alabama. Alabama went back to school this week, and things haven't gone very smoothly. You can blame COVID, which again looms over another school year, as case numbers and hospitalizations continue to rise due to the Delta variant that has proven more infectious for children, prompting many schools to issue mask mandates, many of them for the first 30 days of the semester before they reevaluate the pandemic situation. This move has been applauded by many, but it's also drawn the ire of a lot of parents who do not want their kids wearing masks in school, creating a hotly debated topic that has dominated the discourse at the start of the school year. I spoke to Ruth Servin Smith about why some parents are so angry about their kids having to wear masks in schools, what protocols schools will follow to protect children, and how vaccination approval for minors might change the course of the school year. Ruth, you and your EdLab team have dedicated so much coverage to the start of the school year, and it seems like mask mandates are all anyone really cares about right now. Why are masks such a hot topic in Alabama schools right now? So I guess I should say at the start that this is not the topic we thought we would be covering <laughs> in August 2021. We had a lot of other back to school stories that we were interested in focusing on. But of course, masks are an issue right now because COVID is still an issue in schools. And with children making up a large percentage of the unvaccinated population because kids under 12 aren't eligible for vaccines, that means that masks are really the only widespread uh, mitigation that's available to families in schools. So with uh, Delta surging and, and COVID cases increasing, including COVID cases among kids, schools are looking at ways that they can, you know, have school safe um, and make, keep in-person learning an option for as many kids as possible. Yeah, and Ruth, we were in a meeting earlier this week with some colleagues, and someone pointed out that masks were a compromise that most parents allowed last year if it meant no more virtual learning, because so many parents and, and people, teachers too, in general, just were, they were kind of fed up with virtual learning. They didn't think it worked. They didn't think the kids liked it. So now with COVID numbers spiking, as you mentioned, spiking the way that they are and the Delta variant infecting more unvaccinated kids, why are parents less willing to compromise on masks this time? Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on who you talk to. Um, 
I think that in general, you know, regarding a lot of different aspects of the coronavirus, people are much more set in their camps and corners than they were last year. People have pretty much made up their minds of what they think works and what they're willing to put up with. And so for some people, um, you know, masks is something that they did last year because there was a statewide mandate. And that now that there's not, and it's a little bit more discretionary, they are drawing a line. I will say, though, that in some of these Facebook groups I'm in, um, both, you know, kind of for and against masking in schools, a lot of the anti-mask Facebook groups are less committed than I might have expected to no mask at all ever. Um, a lot of parents are saying that, look, like if if wearing a mask is what it takes to keep my kid in school in-person learning, then I guess we'll do it. And and we might not like it and we might think it's uncomfortable and annoying, but we'll do it if we have to. So I do think that like some of the most vocal people are less willing to compromise, but a, a pretty decent middle are willing to wear masks if that's what it takes. Yeah. And there's a rallying cry that you hear from a sect from one side is that children hate wearing masks. Why are parents saying this? Like, are they saying that the masks are uncomfortable, that there's more of a social component to this? And and is there any reason to think the masks are in any way harmful to children, as some parents claim? Sure. So um, to answer the the harm question, the, the short answer is no. Uh, we've had a year, essentially 12 months now, of most kids wearing masks in most school settings around the country. There have been several pretty widespread studies in, in different states around the country looking at masks and whether they were effective and then also whether they harmed kids. And really the, the basic consensus is that they are not harmful. Um, there's a few situations where doctors say they might not be a good idea like with super young kids, um, with kids who had developmental disabilities and might have a hard time keeping them on. And then for a few medical conditions um, where, again, they might just not be a great idea. But in general, no, they are not harmful. Um, There's been a few scientific studies about the impact of kids and masks. There's a pretty high profile one that said that Maybe wearing a mask would cause carbon dioxide levels to build up to a dangerous level, but then that got retracted. And so, you know, as our understanding of the science moves on, really what we know is that masks are safe. And then what we also know is that they are effective. There were several studies, um, including one that recently came out out of North Carolina, which is that masks did a great job preventing in-school transmission of COVID-19 in North Carolina. So really, I think what it comes down to then in terms of opposition is these individual stories of parents who say that their kids hate wearing them. And, you know, while I think that's a perfectly valid thing to have happen in your family, you know, lots of adults think they're annoying too, (laughs) or lots of adults um, sometimes don't want to wear them correctly, or, you know, you're, you're outside and you get sweaty or something like that. That's not really the same thing as saying that they are bad on on a widespread level. Yeah, and as our colleague and your EdLab teammate, 
Trish Crane reported, I understand that there are going to be some religious exemptions in some cases. So the only place we've seen explicitly saying that they'll allow a, a, a religious exemption to masks is Hoover School District's. They sent out a form to parents where you could check a box if you are going to request a medical exemption, or you could check a box if you wanted to request a religious exemption. There's no other specifics of what that could mean. Um, as far as I know, you don't have to offer either a letter from your doctor or a letter from a pastor, but apparently it is something that they plan to allow and I'm definitely curious to see how many parents try to use that. Yeah, and Ruth, you and others on the EdLab team have been monitoring school board meetings throughout the state, many of which have had their share of pretty tense moments, especially from parents when they're allowed some time to speak to board members. What have you seen and heard from these meetings? Yeah, I actually was uh, listening to a Madison City school board meeting earlier this week you know, people get heated. People think that they know what's best for their kid, um, and they think they know what type of school experience their kids should have this year. And when the school board is making decisions they don't agree with, people get upset. And And there's certainly a part of that that's super understandable. I think what becomes difficult to sort through, though, is the amount of misinformation happening at school board meetings. So, in Madison City, for example, um, you know, there were several people who made really impassioned pleas for the school not to require masks. But then there were also some people who were relying, as far as I could tell, on misinformation to support their arguments. Uh, one person was comparing requiring masks to Nazis experimenting on Jewish people during the Holocaust. And you know, that's not a comparison that any historian would recommend that you make. <laughs> um, you know, and and so it's difficult, I think, for school board members who are not normally trained medical experts to sort through all of that and to kind of tell what what are um, concerns based on somebody's personal experience and what are concerns based on the actual scientific evidence available. Yeah, and you mentioned Facebook groups. You've monitored parent Facebook groups, some of which I've seen debating the mask issue. And most of it is pretty heavily skewed towards an anti-mask sentiment, certainly with some outliers who are all for a mandate. But what do you see in those groups? And it's on Facebook, this site where we know it is very easy to disseminate misinformation. I think it just goes to show that people are seeking information, but people are not necessarily seeking information that might go against their current opinion on a topic. Um, one example is a video that's been going around of a Indiana school board meeting. This is the Mount Vernon Community Schools, and there's a doctor, Dan Stock, who stood up recently and gave a public comment to his school board there in Indiana. And what's interesting about that video, I think, is that when you're first listening to it, it sounds super credible. He says he's a doctor. He's talking about lots of issues he thinks are present with vaccines, that he thinks the vaccines are causing a surge in COVID cases. 
He's using all these specific terms like breakthrough infections or non-randomized control tests. And if you were just casually in your Facebook group and somebody put in that video, you might think that it was credible and that it shows that masks and vaccines are a bad idea for kids. What's harder to find is a bunch of other medical experts debunking that information (laughs) because it turns out that his comments are not credible and they're just not based on the actual scientific evidence available. So all that to say, I think parents, again, are, are trying to find information about what's going on in their schools. I think that's a really important place for the Alabama Education Lab and for public health experts to speak in and be a credible source of information. But at the end of the day, we also just have to help people understand and sort through what actually does and doesn't make sense. We know kids under 12 years old cannot get vaccinated yet. The trials are still underway, but we've heard that there could be emergency approval as soon as later this year, possibly. How do you think giving children access to this safe and effective vaccine might change the school year? It would obviously protect more kids, but it seems like it might even replace masks as this next divisive issue among parents. Yeah, I mean, it would be life-changing for people to have a vaccine. That's what would truly make this a preventable disease for all Americans. In terms of whether it would change the school year, it probably would cause more people to lift mask requirements. Although I do think there's some question now of whether the Delta variant can be transmissible, even if you are vaccinated. And so it might not be just like an on and off switch for vaccines being available to no masks. It would probably take, you know, high vaccination rates and low case rates for masks not really to be needed at all anymore. In terms of the school year also, it might depend on whether any changes happen at the state legislature. Right now, there is a law that essentially prevents schools and universities from acquiring the COVID vaccine for students or staff in school settings. So even if the vaccine was available, it wouldn't necessarily mean that everyone would get it. Finally, though, I do think having vaccine approval would hopefully clear up a lot of this misinformation going on. I do think there's a pretty fair argument that I've heard from some parents who are really just skeptical that a vaccine without full FDA approval is safe, even though something like 150 million people in the U.S. have have had the vaccine without, as far as we know, long-term complications. Some people are just skeptical, and I do think that vaccine approval for kids and then eventually full FDA approval for everyone would help address some of those concerns. Ruth, we're just a week into this. I hope that you and your team can exhale. I hope y'all get to rest this weekend with the week of school down. Thank you so much for y'all's hard work, and and I hope y'all continue to just keep working hard and doing a great job. Appreciate it. Thank you.
If you or anyone you know is affected by COVID and want to share your story, email me at bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our COVID coverage, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you have a COVID question that needs answering, email vaccines at al.com. If you like the show, please rate it and write a review. Thank you for listening.